Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And once again, we are super excited to have a guest on. And what's kind of cool about this one is we are on vacation in Puerto Vallarta. And we ran into these two incredibly talented people who started your own business. And so we loved their story. So we're going to get to share that with you guys today. Yes, welcome, Martha Berry. And you owned Imari Clothing Line, correct? Yes. Okay. We're welcome to have to. Thank you. Thank so you. So glad to have me. you on. So you've been doing this business for how many years? For seven years. It actually be seven years on June twenty six, which is very cool. Seven is a good number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like you know we got to sit down, have lunch with you, and get to know you a little bit more. But your story's really important because for so many people, it didn't. It just just didn't happen overnight. So you were saying that you started out this business. Why? I started the business because I had went through a divorce and I just wanted to be able to provide for my two girls. And so I actually decided to start a business so that I can teach them about generational wealth and, you know, just teach them to depend on themselves and not depend on other people for money and just be dependent, be very, I mean, be very independent. So you said you started out married mm-hmm. and... You wanted to still do this, but that it kind of just wasn't working with the marriage. Yes, it just wasn't working because uh, my previous husband wanted me to not start a business, and so I was like, "But this is my passion," and so I decided to. After we decided to not be married any longer, I decided to just go ahead and start the business. So what I did was I did it correctly. I took six months of researching so that when I was started, that I can start it correctly. And legally. So for you, was that a difficult process to learn to navigate that? It was very difficult because I didn't have a mentor. Uh, I made a lot of bad financial decisions with, you know, buying inventory and different things like that. So it was very difficult because I didn't have anybody to help me. So I had to do everything myself. So that's part of the reasons why I have a mentorship program now where I teach ladies or guys or whoever to start a boutique and not make some of the mistakes that I made. And, you know, that was the other thing we really liked about your stories because one of the things we really promote is mentoring others. If you have a skill and you can pass that on mm-hmm. and help somebody else to be successful when they're a new therapist or whatever, I'll be there like, don't reinvent the wheel here. If you need this paperwork, don't. It's that thing of helping others out, mm-hmm. and which is another big part of what you do. So we're, and we're, I really want to get into that as well because it's something that we promote a lot. Give back to the community. Because it's the community that gives to you. Yes. And you talk about that partnership with your community. Mm-hmm. So you started this. You said you didn't have a mentor. And then how did you turn all that around? What? Because you talked also about manifestation. So I pretty much, you know, I'm a Christian. and I'm, I am a woman of faith. And so I was taught how to manifest things, how to write it down, make it plain. And so I went in all these celebrities DMs who I wanted to work with. And I asked them to wear my clothes. I didn't use any perfect terminology. I just went, hey, you know, I'm the owner of Amari Boutique. I would love to send you some pieces for charge if you would just wear them and tag me. Straight to the point. And nobody answered. But six months later, it was different. I met with one person who was my number one fan. And because of her wearing the pieces, everybody who I wanted to wear the outfits actually ordered because of her posting me. So... 
it was funny that when they would wear it and they would go to tag me, they would see that I had reached out to them like years before and be like, oh, you were in my DM. Yeah, so that's how I say I manifested this thing. And I still do that to this day. I write down in crazy ideals and be like, okay, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. And it always manifested. So you have to speak it and you have to believe it. And you have to have faith in yourself and trust God that it will work out. And it will. It might not happen the next day. It might not happen 30 days later. But when it happens, it happens. And you just have to be ready to receive it. Well, and I think that's the important thing. How difficult was it to receive it, too? Because even though I Ooh, think that a lot of questions. times, because, you know, a lot of times people want it, want it, want it, and then they have it. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was tough because I didn't know what to do when it started. And i never forget, I had got a job offer. I had been looking for a job, looking for a job, looking for a job. And so the lady had, the, the person I was talking about, she had asked for like five outfits. So I sent them all to her. So I had got a job opportunity. I never made $35 an hour. So I was like, okay, what the hell? And so it wasn't matching with the time because I was like, it's no way I could be there at seven o'clock when I got to drop my girls off to school. And so I was going crazy trying to figure it out. And, you know, one thing I didn't want to do is put my girls in any harm's way. And so my mom told me, she said, you're going to have to tell that job no. And I was like, Mom, but this is $35 an hour. I didn't already calculated $40 an hour. You know, I already started calculating and planning. And so she said that if God, God is not the author of confusion. And he would not give you something with this much chaos if it's for you to have it. So you're going to have to tell them no. And so I remember that Friday telling them no. I was so depressed. I just went, I went to bed by eight o'clock. I was so, so, so depressed. So the person who wore my clothes, she is, I guess, on the West Coast in California. And so it's eight o'clock. I went to bed. So it's 10 o'clock. No, it's 12 o'clock, midnight, almost midnight. And I hear my phone. Doo -doo 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 -doo. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Mind you, it's 10 o'clock, her time. So she wears the outfit. She posts me. When I checked my PayPal earlier that day, my balance was like $14. That's all I had, my available balance. When I got up, my available balance was like $4,500. So I'm like, what the hell is, like, <laughs> what is going on? Because that was the first time she had wore something of mine that was really cute. And it was going viral. And the people were shopping. And then they were in my DMs. Are you restocking? And I'm just like, oh my God, what is a restock? You know, at that point, I didn't know anything about restocking. And so I really couldn't do anything till Monday because the vendors are not open on weekends. So I placed the order the Friday, the Saturday morning, but I had to wait till Monday for them to say, okay, your order is good. It's going to ship out. So I, I understood then that if I had took that job, I wouldn't have been able to restock, keep the sales coming in. Mm -hmm. And then I wouldn't have been able to like shift the orders because I'd have been at work all day. So it kind of was like, I understood at that moment, like why I couldn't take that job. Like manifestation was right around the corner yes. and she wore the clothes. So it was just one of those things where I had to like really trust God. And that was the part that helped me with my faith. Cause I, I say now that I'm a woman of faith, but I really didn't have faith starting out. I would call my mom and ask her for prayers. I would be like, mom, help me, mom. And she was like, I'm not going to always be around. Like, you have to figure this thing out. So that was one of those reasons that, that was one of the things that helped me with faith and realize like, oh my God, God really did this thing and he did it real fast. And so that's what helped with my faith because my faith was really tested. Like, why I'm going through divorce? Like, why I went through abuse? Like, why I'm homeless? 
why all this is happening to me? Like, and you want me to trust God? Mm -hmm. And was it at that time that you were homeless? No, it was a year later that I was homeless. Like, even after my business started blowing up, I still had a moment because I didn't have, I started the business with zero dollars. So I didn't have investors. And so my money was just flipping to pay the bills and buy a little more inventory and then flipping again to pay the bills and buy a little more inventory because I didn't have a job. And so, you know, there's only so much inventory you can buy. There's only so many bills that you can buy when you're doing it alone. And so at that point is when I got home. Like even me being high up, I got homeless. And of course I was homeless for only two to three weeks. And then everything started working out for me. And then a year later of me being in the apartment, everything was working out. I did get a job. I think I was on that job for six months. I was able to do all my daughter's stuff for school. I bought her senior package. I paid for her prom dress. I did all these things because I knew some later I was going to walk out the job. And when I walked off that time, like I felt like a woman. Like I finally was able to tell these people, I'm done. And they're like, you're sorry. You know, you got two kids. How are you going to just leave your kids with nothing? And I was like, God wouldn't open a door this big for me not to walk in it. And so I left, and from that moment, my business just went crazy, and I just did it. So that was at the time when I really had to, like, trust God because I had got a storefront at a commercial place where they wanted to see financials. I'm like, what are financials? (laughs) You know, and I'm like, they want to see this because I'm not going to get approved, and they told me, we really want you in the store, you know, because they saw the, the growth on the Instagram. And so like three days passed, I got three days passed. I got antsy. I, I called them. Hey, am I approved? So it was that that talk, that business talk. Well, we're looking at all applications and we'll contact you. So I was like, oh, shit, I don't got it. You know, I ain't going to get it. And they called back two days later and was like, we really want you to have this store. We're going to go ahead and give it to you. And they paid for my build out. I mean, it was just so grateful. And then. The next week I got like my townhouse. I don't know how I got that because, you know, I didn't have very good credit. So it was all those things that when I stopped dating and really focused on God and focused on my business, like my business started growing and then he started proving himself to me like I got you. So I think that was a moment where I had to depend solely on him for me to realize that I couldn't get any of this into it myself or, or even have somebody doesn't say I did that for you Mm -hmm. and it was God that actually did everything Mm -hmm. awesome and then because you you started this business and there's always that a lot of anxiety around it Mm -hmm. how did you navigate the anxiety I still have anxiety (laughs) (laughs) but I have okay my anxiety is weird because I know people get anxiety like when you're broke and you're not making money but I get anxiety when I'm making money, I get anxiety. I drop every Friday. I get anxiety every Friday. I drop. It's weird. But after almost seven years, I still do it. I get anxiety because I'm like, oh my God, are they going to like it? Oh my God, is it going to do well? Oh my God, is the site going to not crash? Because I've had times when my site crash and we have to wait till it come back up. So it's different things like that that cause me to have anxiety. And what I do is I do go to a therapist. You know, I know they say that they don't, everybody don't believe in a therapist, but It's just somebody I can talk to, you know, and just talk about things because when you become a spotlight or you become a certain person, it's scary sometimes 
where you can't go certain places alone. You can't tag certain places because people are outside looking in. So that's the type of things that I get anxiety from sometimes. Or, you know, even when I go to church, sometimes I can't just be myself and go to church because somebody always know me. So those are the type of things I get anxiety from. And so, like I said, I have a therapist. I do a lot of staycations. And I just do a lot of times where, okay, it's no work. I'm just going to take time out and relax. Like, you know, now on vacation, it's no work. I told my husband this morning, I said, can you believe I answer one email? Because when we go on vacation, like I bought the laptop. I forgot the freaking charge at home. So, (laughs) (laughs) so it's like, I think that was God. Like, I want you to take this vacation Mm -hmm. and don't do a thing, you know? And so like all my vendors, I have like maybe out of all my vendors, I have like a top four and they're like, we have relationships like we're mother, daughter, you know, a sister, sister, depending on the age. And so they all been like, you deserve this. You work so hard, you know, stuff like that. So like they're not even texting me. So I know they gonna blow my phone up when I get back. But it's things like that. It's like those are the type of things that can help with anxiety to help you navigate through because anxiety is real. You know, I've had it where my chest is pounding and. I wouldn't travel because I'm scared of dogs. So I would see the dogs in the airport. I know y'all are like, what the hell is she talking about? So I was scared of the security dogs, even though they're on the leash. Oh, okay. You know, the big dogs. And so. I'm there thinking, the little dogs on their patent. I mean, I don't care what dog it is. It could be one in the carrier. I'm going to jump and I'm going to scream. And so all this money, and I wouldn't travel. If it wasn't someone we could drive, I wouldn't go. And so last year, I was like, enough is enough. Like, I'm seeing all my friends and, you know, all my friends who are successful. They're going to Jamaica, going to Cancun, just jumping up, just going everywhere. And I was like, dummy, you got all this money and you just drive to San Antonio, drive to Austin. (laughs) And so I put in, I said last year, so that's where my anxiety really came from. And I said, this year, after that tornado happened, when a tornado hit my building, we lost everything. We literally saw the roof, like the roof was gone. We lost, we lost everything. Almost $100,000 worth of inventory. So when that happened, I was like, your ass better travel. Because mm-hmm. life is too short mm-hmm. and things happen so fast. Like the day before that, we were at the gallery shopping, you mm-hmm. know, and then the tornado happened. And so I booked... I think four trips. I went to Jamaica. Two weeks <laughs> later, I went to Cancun. Then I was in Paris. I was like, I mean, I just was gone. And I was like, I would never do a flight over two hours. And <laughs> that was us. So we were in Paris. And I was just like, you know what? I overcame my fears. Right. And then the following year, we didn't been to. So it was funny that we never. I never saw the dolls in the airport. Like all your last year when I traveled. And so we went to Mar- we went to Vegas in March, and it was me and my husband because somebody have to be with me to calm me down when I'm mm-hmm. traveling. And so me and him went to March for his birthday and our wedding anniversary. And so he said, "Oh shit, Martha, don't panic, calm down." I'm like, "What? What the hell is wrong with you?" Because I was, you know, I'm short, so I'm like, I don't see nothing. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? So, I, so I looked. I said, "Oh." And he was like, baby, just breathe. And I started fidgeting. And he was like, just breathe. Because I would take a CBD gummy before I would get to the airport. Uh But I didn't need them. 
So this time I figured, oh, a dog might come inside and take one. And so I was like, just going crazy. And so he was like, baby, just calm down. So we get to the point in there telling us to walk side by side. But what the dog was sniffing the actual carry-on. So he was like, give me your carry-on. I said, at this point, I don't have nothing. I was like, at attention. Like, just walking straight focus. <laughs> and it was so crazy because two weeks later, and I did it. I was so happy. I was like, I did it. I did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then two weeks later, me and my youngest daughter went to Cancun. So I was like, oh, shit, the damn dog again. <laughs> and so then she scared. So at this point, I had to be him to her. But hell, I'm scared. So I'm like, hold my hand. So we stopped the whole airport. Like, because my daughter's a drama. And so, like, the guy was like, baby, he's not going to harm you. I'm like, hell, you helping me. So he was like, mommy's not going to let nothing happen to you. Like, hell, I'm not. Like, I'm trying to get there. And so it was so fun that I felt myself being him to her. And we just walked straight through. I kept the carrier in the middle, and I was like, I mean, we walked fast, and we got on the other side. She's like, Mommy, we did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. And so at that moment, I realized, like, I've really overcame the one thing that would give me anxiety. So now I'm catching flights, and I just go. That was the only thing. It wasn't airplanes. The only thing that kept me from catching flights and traveling and enjoying myself was seeing the security dogs. How interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that people don't understand anxiety for everybody is so different. It can mm-hmm. be about anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if there was a spider in this room right now and she saw it, she'd be acting the fool and I'd have to pause this because <laughs> she don't care. And I told her, I said, honey, we can't. She goes, that is one fear I will keep. <laughs> so she don't want help with it. <laughs> I just want to avoid that. <laughs> And my neighbor has, we moved to a subdivision and it's very quiet. And our neighbor has a, a rock, a rock wall. You rock can tell that it's older. And it was the first year we moved there and it was Christmas and the wife was putting out Christmas decorations. So we come home from church and the damn dog is outside. So I'm just like, okay. Like, I'm waiting on her to see us drive up and put this dog up. She didn't. <laughs> so. I rolled the window down. Hey, can you put your dog up? She said, oh, she's not going to do nothing. I say, I am scared of dogs. And your the HOA said the dog needs to be on the leash. You know, I'm start, I'm calling out rules here. Mm-hmm. So she went and she put the dog up. And so I was like, I, like, I don't want to be mean with my neighbors. Like, I want them to know. So me and her husband, like, we started talking and I started telling him. And he was like, that dog ain't going to do y'all nothing. And when I tell you that we walk outside... And that dog look at us like, y'all stupid. <laughs> and he won't run to you. He ain't budging. He ain't coming around you. He came in my garage about three months ago. My oldest daughter was in there and she bust through the house. But she was like, I don't even know why I did this because the dog looked at me like, girl, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm not chasing you. I just want to come see what was in the garage. <laughs> and so when I tell you like that dog is really trained, but like I think what scares the most is like when it's little Yorkies and like the rowdy dogs just hollering and screaming mm-hmm. and making the noise and I don't you know, that's the type of stuff that like kinda scares me. But I'm to the point now like, okay, if it's on the leash, I should be okay. And like with the security, they're here to help us. They're not trying to harm. You know, so to stay in your lane. Yes, I have to talk to myself. (laughs) Like, you know, because once you go, you're not going to go on a trip. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So you'll be sitting at home. So Mm -hmm. I had to like start talking to myself, like, 
I don't want to just take staycations in a Houston hotel or take a trip drive. You still got to get like I don't like driving now. And you got the, now he he'll tell you when I go to Dallas, I fly. I jump on a flight. You know, uh-huh. the simple thing. I'm flying. We're flying because now it's like okay, it's so much funner and it's so much quicker. Oh yeah, that's what she always says. Yeah. Well, she had to overcome some fear too with the flying. <laughs> you didn't like the fly? Oh. No. <laughs> My first flight was horrible. Mm. Horrible. And I thought, this must be it. And I thought, no, maybe it's just, no. The second flight was just as bad. I said, no, I don't think I'm meant to be. <laughs> and then we get together and she's there like, what's wrong with you? And in fact, we were flying to Houston and to see my sister. And the flight was not good. And I am there like. <laughs> it was so turbulent. And I had never been on a flight like that. So that freaked me out. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, this is what I usually go through. And I'm like, really? No wonder you don't like flying. Mm-hmm. Now, every flight after, after that, that was fine. We've had wonderful flights. I don't mind it now. But even to, we wanted to go to Europe. And we wouldn't do it because I'm there like, I can't be in a flight for that many hours. Yeah. I need to fly over to the ocean. And you go through all these things. On, so any of my clients who listen, yes, therapists have anxiety as well. Because we do. You know, whatever it is. But the thing is, is it's what do you do to overcome it? And that's what I've done. Now we fly and we love travel. We love meeting people. Mm -hmm. We love culture and all of that, which we we talk about. The importance of travel is it really does, has the ability to touch your soul in a different way Mm -hmm. because of the people you meet, the cultures you get to engage with. And those things are important. For you, when you travel, so like us, you know, we're traveling and this is our vacation, but we met you and we loved your story. And we mm-hmm. said, you know, let's do this. So we kind of work a little bit. Do you ever get that when you're traveling where if somebody sees an outfit you're wearing, they might say, oh, my God, I love that outfit. I go straight into work mode. Yeah. And provide my website and just just do all. I just give a whole spiel. Mm-hmm. And it's because I love what I do and I love my brand and I love what it stands for. And so, you know, even like different races, when they see me in the airport, like one time, I think we were going to LA and my daughter had on this outfit and they just fell in love with it and went to her site and were buying it just from us walking in the airport. It was like a cute little travel outfit. And so I just went to a whole spiel. And then when people go to my Instagram, I'm like, oh my God. And they're like, how did you do all of this? And I'm like, just faith in me, just working hard and pushing through it. And not giving up, like even when it got really hard, I just try my best to not give up and just be surrounded by positive people. In your head, when did you, like, was there a magical number or what was it that you sat and said, oh my God, I'm successful? I would say it was when I had an opportunity to go to the Stella Awards. So the Stella Awards is like a show, it's almost like the Grammys, but it's like, african-american or whoever gospel music is held in vegas and so that was the in-between part of me walking off the job i had got a call and was like i want you to come i want you to bring your clothes and sit up here and sell i'm not going to charge you anything i just need you to get here and so i was like okay how the hell i'm supposed to do this with no money so of course finding a flight that quick for four people was like five thousand dollars that i didn't have so we was like, you know what? We're going to get a 15-passenger van. We're going to drive to <laughs> Vegas from Houston, 22 hours, and we're going to make it work. And so when I saw, when I got there and I saw all these people 
that were like, oh my God, you're Amari. Oh my God, you're Amari. And I'm like, but you're something, you know, I'm freaking out. And at that moment, I was just like, I'm one of them. You know, and I can be one of them. Mm -hmm. And so at that point is when I realized to just walk in it. And I was like, I really am successful. Like for you to go, I can't go nowhere and somebody don't know me. And it's like, I always get caught looking crazy. Like that's when somebody (laughs) see me and I get like so embarrassed. Like they all, like they catch me on a Starbucks run or something. But that's, that's times like that. Then I realized like, I really am successful. Like somebody know me. And then if somebody be like, oh my God, like. I follow you on Instagram and you were homeless and now you're a millionaire. It's that's the type of things that's like, oh my God, I'm successful because I'm inspiring other people. And that's what it's all about when you can inspire somebody. Money is good, money is not everything. Because let me tell you, money (laughs) bring out you get a whole lot of cousins and a whole lot of sisters and a whole lot of brothers. Mm -hmm. So in you have to be okay with saying no because mm-hmm. I was a yes person. Yes, 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 yes. And I started realizing that when I was homeless, all those people told you no, but you're telling them yes. And so that's things where I had to learn to be a, to stop being a yes person, not to be selfish, mm-hmm. but to have discernment and help people who really need help versus just saying yes to everything. And even to this day, I'd be having decisions that I'd be like, Ellie, what to do? Or my mom, no, babe, you need to pray and ask God what you need to do because I'm so, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And it's like, you're going to run yourself down. So success brings heartache. It brings loneliness. It brings separation. Like I've had so many best friends that I've lost just for me being successful in this the crazy part is how many people prayed for me to be successful. They believed in me, right. but they didn't know their prayers would be answered, mm-hmm. so they couldn't handle it. Yeah. Well, I think that's hard. It's it's being able to, we always say, always gravitate to those people who truly are invested in you, mm-hmm. your success, but not the success of the money, but the success of you as an individual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when you find those people, we're like that. We have this group of people and we cherish them. We have gratitude for them all the time because it doesn't matter if we have one listener or a thousand listeners. It doesn't matter. Those people are there like, oh my God, you're successful. Mm-hmm. And then you start to, it starts to build on that as mm-hmm. well. You know what I mean? And I think that's what you're talking about is being able to discern who really is there for me mm-hmm. and who is not. Right. And who's there not just because of money. Exactly. Like, hey, I see you've been working hard. Are you Okay. Hey, I see you've been working hard. Let's go have dinner. Hey, we miss my, I have a friend that I'm friends with the mom and my daughter's friends with the daughter. So we do mommy and daughter dates. Hey, we missed it for two months. What, what's the deal? Like it's those type of people that lets you know that I'm not just here because you have money. Like I'm, I'm, we really need to do a staycation or hey, let's go get ice cream or hey, let's go out to eat or hey, it's just simple things like that. Mm-hmm. That's like, okay, versus Hey, can I borrow this? Or hey, I'm like, so it's to the point now that sometimes when people call me, I'd be scared. I'd be like, what you want? Because <laughs> I'm just like, what is the problem, you know, today? And it's, I hate to do that, but it's just like, that's the only time you call. Like, when are you going to call and check on me? Mm-hmm. Like, I work very hard. 
I run a multi-millionaire business, you know, and it's not easy. It's hard. Plus, I got to do all these other things throughout the week. So when are you just going to call and say hello? Or are you good? Do you need help? Yeah. Well, why you didn't call me? You see what I'm posting. Why do I have to call? Mm-hmm. Call and offer. That's the type of... And I was grown up to... I was taught growing up by my mom to always call and see if you need help. Now, I'm going to tell the truth that I'm in a point now that I'm so busy, I don't call as often, but I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, I will call. So that's one thing that I'm trying to learn to balance, to make time to call, make the round and call everybody. But still, it's the people who call begging all the time. Yeah. And I think that's always hard. And we all, we talked about that because I'll say, oh my God, we haven't talked to our friend Colleen in a while. And she'll say, yeah, let's do that. And then gets put behind and, or whoever it is. And we've kind of made this our year of really doing stuff with intention. Mm -hmm. We will reach out to those people with intention because we appreciate them. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's not like you don't appreciate them or you're not thinking about them, but you know, you're sitting there thinking, I got 300 items to get out. How am I going to have Right. You know, so it's that balancing, but I think it's when you have those relationships and they are those that are investing in you, they understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's finding those people and then making sure you do that with intention in order to keep them in your life. Right. So there is that balance in it. I mean, we work on that balance, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's not always easy. But those strong connections are really important. Yes. They are. It really are. It really is. And then it shows you like when the connections are real. Yes. Because one argument will really show you who a person is. And a lot of times it's just, let's just have a conversation. And if we have a conversation and we can't say, hey, what are we eating for lunch? Or where are we going? And you're still holding on to baggage or drama, then it's, then you just got to let that relationship go. But I feel like some relationships require conversation. If you really love that person or if you really want that person to be in your life whether it's a marriage or whether it's a friend or just whatever Mm -hmm. but then when you have that conversation you realize okay i need to let this person go or i need to stick by this person because they're just crazy at the moment like my (laughs) husband he just be crazy at the moment sometimes (laughs) and he is sitting here silently just so you know so he is hearing all this The other thing you do that uh, we really liked was your thing about giving back. Talk a little bit about that. So I do have a nonprofit that I just started, but even before the nonprofit, which is called I'm Marie Cares, but even before the nonprofit, I always gave back because I never really had anybody to just do handouts to me. So I was like, I want to be able to make a difference. So even like how I first started back is having the mentorship program where I would teach other ladies or men who wanted to start a business i would teach them how to start the business from beginning to end even give them vendors i would give them like the sauce and as long as you stuck to it you could be successful and so then it went beyond that i was like you know i want to give monetary prizes or different things so i started off with 100 then it went to 250 then it went to a thousand now i'm giving up to like five thousand for certain things that my nonprofit sits for which is like helping high school graduates, helping college students who are really already entrepreneurs, just helping them get there and then helping single and um, homeless ladies. Well, not so much. Well, single and homeless ladies who are facing homeless, like help them, you know, provide for them. And so 
giving back has always, I'm just a giver. I'm a Virgo and we give, but I just always was taught if you give, you will receive. Mm -hmm. And so the bigger you give, the bigger that you receive. And so, but I do have to have discernment in that area because I'll just give it all away. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing that, you know, I work on, but I just feel like sometimes you just never realize that. It's one of those moments like when God tell me to do something and I give it and then you hear the testimony behind it where it's like, you don't believe I just went through something and I was praying for a blessing. And it'd be those moments when I'm like, oh my God, God is really dealing with me. So I don't take those for granted, but I'm just a giver at heart and I just want to see people win and I just want to help out. And it's not to say, oh, I gave such and such this. No, it's to be like, I was a part. It helped. It worked, you know. Well, I think that's what it is, you know, when you look at those relationships and, and when you have that ability to, or you don't even know where your part is. In, and, you know, mm-hmm. I tell people, whenever you come into people's lives, you're playing a role in their life. You often don't know what that role is. And right. sometimes, you know, five years down the road, you know, you hear, oh, yeah, that moment I talked with you, you know, I was in an abusive relationship or whatever. And I thought, you know what, I can get out and mm-hmm. I can do it. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't know the impact sometimes, but it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, all that's of true. those, that's it. I always call it that exchange of energy that mm-hmm. everybody we come across, whether we're in their presence for five seconds, five minutes or five years, right. there's an exchange of energy. And what happens with that, you know, mm-hmm. is such a powerful thing. And it has, it has the ability to move people in really positive directions. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things with our podcast. We want people to... We want everybody to be successful. Yes. We want everybody to be the best version of them they can possibly be mm-hmm. because we live in a world sometimes that is pushing back against us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you had that where you were trying to be successful, but there were either people who were doubting you or mm-hmm. doing stuff like that that was about taking away from your progress and your success. Yeah, I had to get to the point to where I stopped telling certain people certain things because they didn't understand it. And so I would have to wait till it, it happened. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, because I was always taught out of things. Because when a person don't understand, it's not that they don't have faith, but when a person hasn't seen something or been around it or even experienced themselves, you can't go to certain people and tell them things because then you're going to get a negative response. And it's not always that they don't believe in you or they don't want to see you grow. It's just that they never experienced it. So they don't know how to say, oh, yeah, this is going to work. So now a lot of times, even with my daughter and my husband, I want to. They'd be like, well, when you thought about this? <laughs> It'd be because sometimes I feel like they don't understand me. So, like, I have to find a way to make it look good and make it sound good for them to understand me to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and sometimes I do stuff and they be like, okay, so you just went out there and did it. Yep. I did it. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's because a lot of times I feel like they don't, it's not that they don't believe in me, but because they never experience it, they'll kind of talk me off the ledge. And sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to be talked off the ledge. <laughs> like I want you to do it. Yeah. And so that's things that I deal with. So I, I know who to talk to and about what to talk to with certain people. And it just works that way. It's not that I'm keeping secrets or holding anything back, but it's just like, I know who will be my ride or die in that moment, uh-huh. you know? 
Like, my husband will go so far. My daughter going to go so far. My mom is going to go so far. But me, I'm going all the way. So then I sneak it in and be like, oh, I did this, this, and this. And they'd be like, what? And so that's just how I roll. So, so sometimes you need to be supervised is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes, you know, you just got to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that sometimes, you know, people have to step outside those comfort zones. It sounds like you've done a lot of that, mm-hmm. you know, because there is such fear and anxiety of starting a business and doing everything you do. So every once in a while, you do want to just take the reins and say, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And sometimes it's successful. Maybe sometimes it's not, but it's always an experience, mm-hmm. right? That's true. <laughs> That's true. You also give to, you said that sometimes with school coming up, that's a big time for you as well. Yes. I uh, try to do different things for I haven't done like a big back to school drive or anything like that but I have done things like where I try to pay attention to social media different things where I see people suffering or going through things or putting little things out there and I try to go that way and I also try to help teachers because I know like with them having to buy school clothes and supplies and decorate their room you know that's important Mm -hmm. so I always try to help a few teachers as well just to try to take some things off their hand, you know, financially and mentally, because if you financially drain, then it's going to mess with your mental, it's going to mess with your physical. And so that's things that I try to do as well. Just try to, you know, help and give back and be a part. One of the other things you talked with us about was your give your customer appreciation. Mm-hmm. So, which I thought was great because you said you're going to do this again. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that so, so everybody can hear that yes. it will be up and coming. <laughs> so I always love customer appreciation when I do a box sale. And so you get, it'd be value anywhere from 250 to 300 You, It's a mystery box sale. So we pick anywhere from four to six items. We stuff the box, we send it to the customers. And a lot of times it's brand new stuff. So it's not, so you never really risk, well, what about if I already have that? Because I do have customers who shop with me every single weekend. And so it's, uh, most of the time it's items that you don't have. But this time I'm going to actually do it in Houston where it'll be at a location and you can stuff this bag. I mean, you just stuff it. I, it'll probably be like 20 to 30 gallons. You stuff the bag and whatever you get in there is yours. And then we're going to actually have a few food trucks out there provide food and snowballs because it's hot. Snow cones, y'all probably call it. Mm-hmm. And just a way of giving back to show appreciation because it is the customers who make who keep us rolling and keep us in business. So it's just different things like that that I like to give back, whether it's online or actually in person. What is it like getting ready for something like that? Because that's a lot of inventory and that's a lot of planning. So we've already started getting ready for it. I've already told them and they even thought I was crazy. I was like, I want all this because I don't want it done at my warehouse. I was like, we're going to find a location. We're taking all this inventory. So Everybody's like, okay, this is what we're doing. It's a lot of anxiety because you get to see people. And a lot of times when you see people, because of what I went through, they just want to give their whole testimony or their whole life. Or I'm going through XYZ right now. And you be trying to talk to everybody. And it's like, you know, you end up crying and you end up laughing. And it's just like, oh my God. So it's all of those emotions that I'd be like, and then I go to writing checks. I go to doing this. I don't go to trying to help somebody or trying to figure out or trying to put somebody together to help. And so it's just those moments that every time I'm surrounded in those type of situations, God always shows me who to bless. Nice. 
And, and you're right. It's hard to know on your own sometimes, especially if you are a giver, because the instinct will be just give everybody. <laughs> There's a thousand people out there. What you gonna give everybody? Right. <laughs> what you gonna give? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think when you do stop and listen, mm-hmm. and you listen with intention, that is that message. Yeah. You know, and then it makes it easier for you to say, no, that's the one. Because I think people touch you in different ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you feel that, then you're able to pay it forward to yes. those people. And it's interesting. Do you ever get to follow up with any of those people that you've helped mm-hmm. okay I on social media different things like that we had went to a restaurant uh last year november december and it was a little guys and they had a podcast and what touched me was they were like under 16 and they hit the door and they trying to sell their t-shirts and it was called desirous energy and i was just like i was stuck on the energy part because they gave like energy out this world and they were really trying to sell t-shirts that they had printed themselves. They had sweatshirts. They had sweatpants. And so I bought some for like the entire family. And I was like, what does your brand mean? And I mean, he sold it. And it was, you know, some guide meaning behind it. But it was all about your energy. Like, you know, just a smile and be happy no, no matter what you're going through. And just always give that energy. And so at that moment, God was like, so $500 into them and and my husband's used to it now. And so I just did it. And they were like freaking out like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so, you know, sometimes when you do that for people, you'll be like, you'll seem like, I'm going to pack up and I'm gone. They still stayed there and went to the next customer, just still working hard and trying to sell their brand and different things like that. So it's things like, I, I can't really say that I have blessed somebody and they haven't done something. Mm-hmm. with the blessing. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that's always the important thing. Once again, it's you're taking that time to listen mm-hmm. to their message. And it's one of those things of sometimes they probably even have that intimidation approaching people. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to go into marketing soon. You notice that? Uh-huh. That was not a very enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things, you know, you said that, you know, one of the things you do is you really look at what's trending, all of those things, what's viral and all that. And, you know, everybody tells us, you know, when you have a podcast, you have to have merchandise where they're mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> and it is, but there's a little bit of anxiety and intimidation about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so when that happens, I wonder to what you kind of, I guess what you do is you just mentor people. Mm-hmm. You know, so somebody comes to you and they're, they're like, you know, yeah, I want to open this boutique. Then what I think is interesting is sometimes do you ever feel like some of those people who didn't support you the way they were? Do you feel like they were doing more of a competition thing almost? Whereas in your case, you're there about empowering other people to have their own business because you're not sitting there thinking, man, they're going to call my business away. Right. So that's <laughs> that's something that I went through because everybody who had more followers than me who were well established. I was like, I kind of piggy, like I I need some help, but nobody wanted to help me. But now once I started getting on the news and I started being around celebrities and I started hanging out with certain people, now those people who I've passed up, it's like, now they want to be a part. And it's like, but I couldn't come to you and I don't act ugly. But I'm not crazy and I'm not stupid. So I'm going to treat you with kindness. But at the same time, I'm not going to treat you how you treated me. But at the same time, I won't be a fool. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think it's that thing, and we talk about that a lot, of how do you set up those healthy boundaries with people? Yeah. And how do you sometimes, because you do have to say, that's a big fat no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can tell, you can tell when people just want to be around you now because, oh, you're popular. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me see what I can get out this person. So that's different things that I kind of discern and go through with watching people because it's like, I don't take for granted of how God has blessed me. And I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, I'm doing better than this person. I don't, I don't, because one thing I know, you could be here today and he will bring you all the way down. And so I was taught that you never despise small beginners, but at the same time, you never think that you're better than anybody. But, and I think that's part of the things that they would treat me like, oh, she ain't nobody. You know, she's just starting. They look at it as, I'm not going to help her because it's competition. Whereas me, I don't care. I'm going to help you mm-hmm. because I could tell you, Everything I do, but if you don't put it into action, and if you don't have the heart, and if you don't have faith that it's going to work, it won't work. So I can give you the sauce all day long. Even my mentorship, people was like, you're giving too much. No, I'm not. But you can see who was there to really do it, and the people who was there just to say, I was around her for a day or two. Exactly. So as we're getting ready to wind up, do a little plug for yourself, your Instagram, and where they, people can find you. So my name is Martha Berry. Um, my Instagram is Amarie Boutique. That's I-M-A-R-E-B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E. My website is shopamarieboutique.com. We have new arrivals every Friday at 10 o'clock a.m. Central. And my Facebook is Amarie Boutique. And my TikTok is Amarie Boutique. Awesome. So any of you out there who are looking for some really cool ideas for your next outing, whatever it is. Well, you also one thing right? I would like to talk about too is that I have an ebook, which actually tell is a mentorship in a book. And mm-hmm. so I always did the the program where they would come to Houston. Like I, the first year I had a hundred and something women came to Houston in twenty twenty one. And then last year we had like seventy ladies come to Houston. So we have like a two to three day event where I do the whole mentorship. But this year I wanted to do something different because I realized that you come and you you be in overload. It's like overdrive. Like you have all this you overloaded with all this information. Mm-hmm. But we have a moment where we party, we have a moment where we cry and I feel like as much as I tell you take notes, you ain't gonna take notes. So I wanted to have something where they can go back to, they could download and go back to and just keep downloading into themselves versus trying to take it all in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I met this person. Oh, she had an accountant here. Oh, she had a marketing person because I provide everybody there at the event. And so my ebook is something that I dropped on May 1st versus having the in person mentorship this year. So that's okay. something else that's doing well. And so the ebook they can find on on my website shopamariboutique.com. What a wonderful idea. That is really awesome. That's I really fun. Love that you know you've done what you've done with the company but that mm-hmm. you go beyond that by really promoting other people in that yes. way. That's one of the things that we really focus on too. Yes. So, well, cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, you for know, having me. What a great opportunity being out in the pool, enjoying mm-hmm. the sun. Maybe a little tequila. Uh, <laughs> but we got this opportunity to meet you. And we always say, you know, you, when you're, you never know who you're going to meet until you meet them and you, mm-hmm. you start talking. And we promote everybody's story because yes. there's a story behind everything. Mm-hmm. And when we stop to listen to those stories, they're so empowering. And it gives people the idea that maybe, just maybe, 
that can be me. Yes. And so we appreciate you coming. Thank you for listening as always. Uh, very grateful for it. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.